Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204-571-3354. Hey, great TV company once again. This is Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott. We've also got the other blind guy, Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. Hello, Stephen Scott. Now, is it 0204 or should it be 0204? What's no, correct? See, I, I don't like that, you see, because that whole 02 thing, because people get mixed up. And it's, is, it, mm. is it 4 or is it O? And you got to remember no. with my accent, it never works. Ah, uh, that's true. Yes, well done. Okay, we'll go with that. I mean, you say I can't say phone no. or <laughs> Sony. Sony. Or the word cam. Yeah, but look, I can't really talk about accents, but you know what? I'll try and teach you. It's fine. We'll learn together. Well, yeah, I suppose that's a bit like our topic today. See, you almost, almost got me on track with the topic oh, today. Oh, well done. Yeah, because teaching is kind of part of it. And also, um, I guess, a bit of programming, which I guess I really could do with. Um, if someone <laughs> could write me an app, that would be brilliant. Uh, make my life better. Um, but yeah, we're, we're talking about coding today because, uh, look, Rebecca Skipper got in touch and she said, look, I'd love to hear you guys talk a little bit about coding. She said, you know, a lot of people out there who want to get into coding in that world. Um but how do you start? Where do you go? Um, and, and what's it like being a blind coder? So we put the, the, the question out and um, we've got Gordon Luke on the line who's uh, with us here. Uh, he's joining us in our Zoom room. Hello to you, Gordon. Hello, hello, gentlemen. How are you this fine day? Well, you know, c- c- complain. Um, you know. Well, oh, we for goodness do sake. complain. <laughs> Give me the starter yet. <laughs> Get the man some whiskey at this time of the day. He needs it. <laughs> And what time of day is that? It's any time. It's like, you know, in, in, in country music, it's like it's five, five o'clock, o'clock somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's like <laughs> in Scotland as well. It's exactly the same. Um, so, yeah, coding is a really interesting area for you guys. Um, I'll be honest, this is not so... I, I wish, I honest to God wish... The things, if I could go back, you know, some people do this, right? They say, if you could go back and talk to your, you know, 16-year-old self, what would you say? I'd be like... You know, stop mucking around trying to, you know, get off with your, your future wife. Um, I was going to say ex-wife. No, future <laughs> wife. I'll be clear on this. Um, stop mucking around there and, and learn coding and learn Braille, and your life will be great for employment opportunities and all kinds of stuff going forward. I didn't do any of that. Um, I did spend a heck of a lot of time, though, disconnecting and reconnecting the computers. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What? but. Disconnect to them from what? Yeah, well, the, the, the school were forever changing things around. So I would be the one to go in and disconnect everything and put uh, it all back together. I was good at that. Well done, you. Serial cables, parallel ports, skizzy cables. <laughs> skizzy. <laughs> oh, wow, you are sk- going back. I know, I'm going back a bit with that. Um, at least they were big. I mean, they were big and chunky, right? I mean, you couldn't really get it wrong. <laughs> they were like um, anchor chains. They were huge. But I was never really into the software side of it. And I know a lot of people did even then. And, and you know, and Gordon, this is why I wanted you on, because you've been doing this a while. Sean, so have you. You've been doing coding. In fact, you did it, what was it, 5,000 yeah. years ago? Yeah, exactly right. I haven't been doing it a while. I did it a long time ago. I did it at college, yes. But I was using, this was pre-Windows. I was using COBOL and Pascal. So i really interested in coding. I do really enjoy it. But I haven't gone into, you know, for, for the Swift, I'm thinking of the iPhone, I'm thinking of the Mac. I haven't looked at the Swift stuff, which I am particularly interested in. Well, that's the more modern way of doing it. But Gordon, I'm bringing you into this because, you know, you've been doing this. This is, I guess, part of your career, right? It's part of what you do. When did you get into coding? Well, well, you see, 
it's a long story, as, as all these stories are, but I'm, I'm a wee bit like Sean. I started at university and the reason was uh, I, did, I did a master's degree at university and it came to second year and I was doing this, uh, part of the thing was a huge stats programme and uh, uh, the, the chance was uh, I wanted to get this computer. And a bit, a bit like yourself, uh, Stephen, where you, you need to get, put the case forward to get yourself a computer in order to do the stats thing. So I said, well, I'll do computer science for that year. It did, did make my case sound so much better. And I did. <laughs> and the truth was, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was an absolute eye-opener. I discovered something I could do that didn't matter if I could see or not. I could actually do it. And I got results. And it, it sort of satisfied a, a need. <laughs> it sounds really bad, doesn't it? It, it? it feels really wonderful. If you write something that works, it mm. gives a massive kick. It really does. It's, it's, I'd love to be able to do stuff with wood or, or building or something like that, which I, I'm rubbish at, but I'd love to be able to do that. But that computing is the equivalent of that as, as far as I'm concerned. I can design something that's in my head and put it out as a programme, and it's, it's, it's out there. And, well, like Sean... I started in Pascal. It's a beautiful language, just not used as much these days. But that's mm. how I started. That's how I chipped my first stone, as, as the caveman would say, and <laughs> uh, got, got into it. And after that, it was like, wow. I just I didn't think I was any good at it, and I still don't think I'm any good at it. But that's, that's another story for another day. But uh, I've got away with it since. Well, we all have, the, let's be honest. That's, that's the whole, the whole that's, thing of our life. That's how most of us have got through our careers. Uh, Absolutely. Up to this point. Terrified we'll be found out at some Absolutely, point. Absolutely, Sean. <laughs> I, I went to university with that whole scenario. Someone's going to catch me out one of these days and realise I'm an imposter and I shouldn't be here. You are absolutely right about that feeling. It's just so hard. I'm creating something. I I had exactly the same thing. And when you would go back through, you, you would have like your skeleton of, of uh, the code, the structure of the app or whatever. And then you would go through and, you know, cut it down and cut it down and find more efficient ways to do it and create different functions that would be more universal. And you know, the feeling of creating something, I, I absolutely remember that. And you bringing that up, uh, it just brings it all back. And you're absolutely right. Like you're like you're crafting something. And it's weird to think about code in that same thing as woodwork or metalwork or something artistic or creative, but it absolutely is. You're so right. And it feels great once you get that to work. And it doesn't matter if it's rubbish. Nobody else is going to see it if it's just running on your <laughs> no. computer. But as you get better at it you get to go oh, that, that's how they do that and then you read someone else's going why have they done that and you start oh oh i see it i see yep. what they're up to oh that was cunning and you go oh this is fantastic and it's just such a buzz and once you get something to work that hasn't worked for days and you suddenly go oh it's working everything's great hallelujah yep. what a massive kick my absolute massive kick. And that's what I've had to all my life is is those little cog nubbits nubbit, that t t stay with you and make you feel great. But, but the longer I go through this job, the further from that code face I get as people say, oh, he's too old. He's too old now to do that. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going to ask about that because, I mean, like Sean says about using the Pascal thing, I, I must admit that that name rings a bell, but I don't really know. I, I you know, I, I hear, I hear uh, C++, is that right? Was that the yeah, coding, was that a coding thing? Yeah, I've done some of that over the years. Uh, well, I've, I've done COBOL. I, I know people in, people in my company would would tremor at the mere thought of me doing COBOL again because it was quite an experience. Uh, <laughs> That was for person. mainframes. That was what they used it a was, lot for the catalogue mainframes. Being in a mainframe was such a, a scary environment to be in. There was just so much code in there to yeah. do so very little. But, <laughs> but it's the foundational 
understanding is the same across all these programming languages. Uh, absolutely, Stephen. Once you know one language, it's not that difficult to learn another one. You just need to load those fundamental rules, make a programming language up, and you've got it. The only thing I would probably slightly say on top of that would be when you go to object-oriented programming. That's a slightly different concept, and you have to think slightly differently. But once you've got the hang of it, it's it's there. You will see how it, how it all works and how it all builds together. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But, you know... Just kind of joking around a little bit about you, people saying to you, yeah, you're too old now to do it. But it really doesn't matter how old you are, right? And it, it, or is it because, is it because the, the the needs for programmers has changed and it has become very visual? No, the, the age and blindness have nothing to do with it. All my colleagues are the same. We've reached that age in life whereby it's much more efficient to have somebody young and keen and whippersnapper-like to do the job and you tell them what to do because you can tell more people what to do than you can I do I like yourself. that idea. If I could get this podcast done that way, I would be doing If you I do. could just sit here and say... That's well, what Sean's job is. That's true. Yeah, okay, fine. Maybe the younger part, though. I don't know how that works because yeah, he's true. older than me. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> But that, that, that's just a general rule. And maybe I'd, I'd say in the UK, and I don't know how much it is in other parts of the world, a lot of our coding is going offshore. Um, so mm. doing a job like this, is, it's not so much you get to do the, quote, sexy stuff in the UK unless you're with a, a games company would be the best place to be to do that. But to be in a, in a games company, you don't just have to be good. You have to be very, very, very good. And that's not me. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. That Put is yourself not down, me. Gordon. Absolutely, Sean. I'm not going to tell you I'm something I'm not because that's, that's just not going to happen. So if someone wants to get into coding and likes the sound of it, maybe they have dabbled before in the past, like myself. I mean, wh where would you start? I don't know what the new languages are. There's so many, you know. And, and when you start looking at, at websites and server side as well, with Ruby on Rails and Python, and oh, yeah, there's so much uh, PHP and SQL. There's so many, so many different avenues to go down. Where would you say, uh, even before we get to accessibility of of a compiler or a you know a, a programming interface, where do you think someone who wants to get into this, like myself, should start? There's a, a thousand million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, it's a yeah, hard one. No, it's 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 a good question, Sean. And if you go to university these days, they'll teach you Java. That's just a fundamental language. You can do everything in Java from a functional programming through to object oriented. You can do it all in there, and never leave that environment. And you're probably going to get a job for life. Because an awful lot of companies have got a massive Java stack in, in their in their infantry at the moment, as it was thirteen years ago with people having COBOL. But Java's Java Java's replaced that, um, and I know that say many universities that's that's what they teach them in first year, and yeah. then in second year they'll say, okay, you've learned that language, learn another three in the next three months, and they'll just jump because they can do it at that stage. They've learned the fundamentals, and it's learning those fundamentals that I think gives you that 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 base is that background. And once you know that, you can see how to do other things. I mean, as I say, I've, I've programmed all different languages. My, my one moment I use all the time is, is uh, C Sharp, which is a offshoot from, from Microsoft. And you can basically write anything in it. Uh, I can write uh, iOS apps to uh, Android apps to the most boring functional things. And you can possibly <laughs> guess what kind of job I do all day. It's the boring functional things that just sit there and churn away in the background. <laughs> They don't let me in the sexy stuff at all. That's that's done <laughs> by other people. So you say you can write for 
iOS and Android using just that one language because I thought I thought iOS in in particular was moving away from C uh, and moving towards Swift. It is moving towards Swift, but what you can do with with the, this is uh, .NET basically is underlying it. It you can compile to that platform and it will basically write the the code for you. So it's it's a it's a way of writing a code for any platform, and you'll see it in some of the apps out there. They're probably the, the less accessible ones, if you want me to be brutally honest with you, because they're lightened to Android and to iOS at the same time, and they're not always as good. So if you want to be write your really good iOS apps, you try and do Swift. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come back on iOS. I actually think the Xcode under Apple is a it's an absolute nightmare thing to use. I hate it. I absolutely detest it. Really? It takes me ages to do anything of any great note because of interacting, uninteracting. If you've got a bug in there, it takes a jolly long time to fix it. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised. I thought, you know, with Apple's accessibility uh, you know, background or whatever, or reputation, I thought Xcode would be um, really usable. But you're saying it's just difficult. I, mean, I just find it really hard to get my head around what it's trying to do for something as simple as what it, what it is. You can write, you know, the old, old uh, Hello World program dead easy. Yeah, that, that works fine. But trying to do anything more complicated, I just find it so cumbersome. And I, I honestly don't enjoy the experience at all, and I will avoid it if, as much as I can. So nowadays, everything is touchscreen usually. So it's all about the user interface. So how do you cope with coding a user interface? You know, when you're visually impaired, how how do you do that? Uh, well, do you want the truth or the the politically correct answer? <laughs> What's the truth? Uh, I get some of my staff to do it. <laughs> Quite simple. Oh, I, I will write a very boring interface that will do the job. It will work accessibly because I can then use it, and they will they will look at it and go, "What have you done here? This looks like a complete load <laughs> of rubbish." And I'll say, "Does it work?" And they will say, "Yes." Okay. Well, if you want to write the fancy interface, you go ahead and write it. You'll make it look as sexy as you like, and bring it back to me, and I'll tell you how inaccessible it is. And then you can go and write it again, <laughs> and then we'll deal with that. And that's how we get around it because basically, to be to be brutally honest. I, we're going to come into one of your Saturday conversations here and apologise for that. Uh, I, when I first started coding, I could see a lot more than I could now. I was using a uh, Zoom text and, and a, a, a thing called Vista. Remember that from the old days? Anybody remember yep. that? Oh, yeah. Uh, and But since my site has gone, doing a user interface and being blind, you can write one, but people don't like the look of it. That's it's as brutal as that, and I'm I'm sure we'll find somebody out there that writes sexy user interfaces who's blind. Yep, great, good on you. I don't have time to do that. I literally do not have time. It's much cheaper for someone else to do it, and uh, so I'm I'm much happier writing the hard code behind the scenes rather than the the nice parts that people get to see. And I, and yeah, I know that's a defeatist attitude, but no, in this day and age, <laughs> hey, if, if people are paying you money, you know what you're worth. I am I am totally with you on this because, you know, we talk a little bit about the super blind thing, which is more of a myth, to be honest. I don't think you could point to a person. Maybe you could, but I can't think of an individual who I've met who kind of falls into the category of the super blind. But, you know, that essentially the idea of the super blind person is someone who, you know, can do it all and doesn't need any help and, you know, wouldn't require the assistance of another person. And I just think that's a ridiculous way to do things. You know, I mean, I work on a TV program. I don't get behind the camera. I don't frame the shots. I don't edit the video. I mean, I could do some of that. But why would I do that when there are people who can see, 
who are going to be far better at it than me. Yeah. Why, why would I, you know, why waste my time? Instead, I'd rather create a good product. I didn't say brilliant. I said good product. I am in it after all. <laughs> um, Got to be honest. But, you know, I do my best. Uh, you know, but we've got some great people who make it polished and lovely. And that's exactly the same thing, right? It's about knowing, it's knowing what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and even if you're sighted, you may not write the best user interfaces. Don't don't assume because you well, can that, see exactly. you are. Exactly. Yes, that's right. You know, there's, you've, there's you've people who are good at it. in the area. Yeah, you've got to be qualified. We look at. I was going to think something like Marco Amund, who wrote uh, Overcast. He's he said it's taken him ten years to write himself a decent uh, user interface. Yeah, and I've been using it for years. Think it's great, but I didn't know it didn't look great. I couldn't care less. You know, but he's admitting that, and he said it's only recently he's he's managed to get to that stage. I want to pick you up on, on the question that Sean asked you earlier because he asked it from a kind of if you've had a, some experience in coding, where would you start? But take me, for example, right? Never coded in my life. Uh, you know, I, if, I get any, if I get anywhere on a command line, I feel like I've, you know, broken the internet. I've cracked the, <laughs> a safe. I feel like I've logged into the Pentagon. Um, you know, that's what it feels like to me because it just feels so incredible that I'm able to do it that way. Where does someone like me start? I mean, you know, and, and is there a way to just, I mean, are there any resources you're aware of that people could use, like, just to get that basic handle of <sighs> how to make something, make something work, make, you know, make something run? What I always say to people is get yourself something you want to do rather mm. than just programming for the sake of it. Find something you really like to be able to make your phone do, make uh, your, your computer do, um, even if it's just writing a batch file in, in DOS, you know. That's possibly who, well, not, not quite how I started, but, you know, just doing something as simple as that. It's not rocket science and uh, Google will help you. One of the good things from iOS has been the shortcuts and what you can actually do with that. With quite simple programming, you can do something useful that's not that complicated, but it'll give you a massive sense of satisfaction that if you can do something much quicker using that, and that's where to start. And then you build on that. Other place might be something like, if, I don't know, many of you use NVDA. If you really want to start writing good code is to try and write a module for NVDA to do something useful for you. Um, you know, it's, it's doable and it won't, it won't break if you don't get it right. You know, it's something as simple as that. So you say you're using C Sharp. Is there a, a, like a, a name? Like for audio editing, we all know particular names like Audacity or Reaper or Logic. Are there any particular names when it comes to programming uh, environments, I think they're called, aren't they? Or, IDEs. Yeah, IDEs, that's right. Integrated Development Environments. Or that's right, Sean. Yep. So, oh, it's all coming geeks. back to me. You're just a bunch of geeks. <laughs> so, just jealous. Is there like I a am. particular uh, you know, uh, uh, name that you use and how accessible is that or well, not? For that one, Microsoft Visual Studio is free to Emery who's doing it non-commercially. You can just download that from the Microsoft, uh, not from the App Store, I think it's from the, from the website, uh, with the version 2021, I think it is now. I think I'm using the version 2017, but that's another story. But basically that gives you all the environment. It's fully accessible with JAWS, uh, pretty much of NVD as well. There's, it's, it's, it's actually really good. And you, you can write a program. And there's, there's tons of examples out there of things you can just download and have a wee footer with. See how they work. That, that's always a good way of working out something is, how does that program work? And then take it from there and extend that. 
Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a great fan of the Hello World. Uh-huh. That, that's where we all start, So right? you start with Hello World, then you, then you write your own sentence after that, and then you make yourself take an input from that. You, you read something from the keyboard and then display that on screen. That's all doable. That, that's like from, when I started with, with Pascal. You can do all that from that, and it's, it, makes, it makes C-sharp into a functional-type language uh, rather than object-orientated. But then once you've got the hang of doing that, then you start building objects on top of that, and the sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. That sounds really good. Do you know what? I'm going to download it. I'm going to see if I can get back into it. Thank you, Gordon. Gordon, it's been great having you on. I really appreciate your time on this. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will, you know, I, I hope that the coders listening to this, and, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how many coders who are blind listen to this. You never know, right? I mean, I have no idea. Uh, you're one of them. You listen, so... <clears throat> yeah. You <laughs> there know, may you're be one. more. Can you might be it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, the point is that, you know, I think any advice, any ideas that we can share to people, I think, is, is key. And I think, you know, it's just been really interesting hearing about your career and it, uh, how you turned it into a job. Um, and actually, the fact that it is a brilliant job for a blind person to do, I think that's the... the thing that maybe people don't realise. Yeah, so I would say if you're going to take it professionally, I'm going to, I know this sounds quite harsh, but you really should know Braille. It will make mm. your life so much easier. Or yeah. or you have Zoom text that you can see because using speech to try and find a bug will take you a very long time, occasionally. And it will find it very, very frustrating. But if you can feel, okay, that word's spelled wrong, I've spelled that keyword wrong, then you can... Because you need f- to know that. Yeah, you yeah. need to know that to make it work. And you need to know it fast. So I'm, I'm sitting here with an 80-cell Braille display, which you can't really carry under your arm, but it's it's essential. <laughs> yes. That's the that's the Christmas Jaffa cake pack, isn't it? It's the one you get at the yard of Jaffa cakes that you get from the pound shop. Uh, that's that's my kind of that's my kind of setup. It always comes down to biscuits, doesn't it? That's what we always come back to with you, Stephen Scott. Listen, respectable, honourable mentions to products that people understand. That's what we do here. And generally, it is chocolate, yes. Uh, Gordon, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. It's a great pleasure to talk to you and keep up the good work. Thank you. Sean, great to have you here as well today. Thank you. Thank you, Gordon. That was great. And don't forget, if you want more from our show, go to blindguytalkstech.com. We're back tomorrow with more. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.